Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence with psychiatrist Bernard David Beitman, MD. Dr. Beitman is the founder of the Coincidence Project. The project encourages people like you to tell each other coincidence stories. To learn more about Dr. Beitman's work, put Connecting with Coincidence in your web browser. You'll find his book, his Psychology Today blog, and the interviews from this podcast. And now your host, Bernard Beitman, MD. Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. I am your host, Bernard Beitman, MD, a psychiatrist. I study the mind and the brain and its physical and cultural connections. Meaningful coincidences like synchronicity and serendipity provide clues to how our minds and our brains connect deeply to our bodies, other people, nature, and our general environment. Meaningful coincidences seem to occur in all aspects of human life. Just need to expect them. You can pre-order my new book, Meaningful Coincidences, due out in September. The URL will appear in the summary uh, below. People who describe themselves as spiritual or religious report experiencing more meaningful coincidences than those who did not, according to research done by my coincidence studies group. In subsequent research, we proceeded to define the personality traits that were associated with high coincidence sensitivity, and our guest today is highly sensitive to coincidences. What we, what we found is six personality traits that emerged as measures of coincidence sensitivity. Uh, the most prominent was referential thinking, uh, and that refers to what outside events have particular or unusual meaning for me. Well, that's kind of a standard psychological idea, and that's a subset, and synchronicity awareness becomes a subset about that. But it can be expanded, like when I see two people talking at work, I usually think they're criticizing me. It's not a coincidence. It's something else. We might call it projection. But the coincidences and projection are related sometimes too, but that's another story. Uh, the second most uh, highly correlated measure was one that measured positive and negative affect. These independent measures of positive and negative affect. Positive affect terms are happy, joyful, pleased, enjoyment, fun, and negative ones are blue, depressed, unhappy, frustrated, and you know those, and worried, anxious. The vitality scale, feeling energy. I have energy and spirit, and people who reported that high on that scale tended to see more coincidences. And also people who religiously committed, that is to the degree to which the person adheres to his or her religious values, beliefs, and practices, and uses them in daily living. For example, I spend time trying to grow by understanding my faith. Meaning in life scale, our final measure uh, was, had two, two parts to it, but one of them was uh, looking for meaning in life. And that's the people who are looking for meaning in life, searching for meaning in life, are also more likely to experience and report coincidences. As I mentioned, our guest today is a high-frequency coincider. She, she does, she just, that's what she does. She, she sees a lot of coincidences. Uh, Carolyn has worked for 22 years and is a business partnership management manager for the FAA. She has previously served as a federal women's program manager there for four years, helping to further women's federal careers. I assume FAA is Federal Aeronautics uh, Association. Is that, is that yeah. Administration. Yeah. Administration. She is. So you were well, a lot. Well, you were you were with the flyers, huh? She was a. She is also versed in many metaphysical modalities, uh, including being certified in remote viewing with Russell Targ, one of the leaders in the field, and soon to be community host representing the Cayamonga 
institution due to a wonderful series of coincidences, Carolyn is now instrumental in starting a community food garden in her city of Ventnor, New Jersey, by the shore, the Atlantic shore. <laughs> I used to go to, to Wildwood in Atlantic City uh, when the cheesecake was great in Atlantic City. She still feels, she feels that connecting with coincidences have guided her throughout her lifetime and is most grateful for the connection they give her with spirit. Carolyn, welcome to the show. Thank you, Bernie. Good to be here. Well, thank you. Good and it's, uh, it's, it's nice how we got together. You recommended me to some, some Kayamonga Institute. I, and they, then they recommended you uh, to be on my podcast because you see a lot of coincidences. And you're, you're, you're not a, a world expert in this business in the usual sense. You haven't written a book. You don't have a podcast. You're not running some kind of program that has a lot of synchronicities in it. You're just out there, but you represent a lot of people who are experiencing a lot of coincidences. And that's why it's a delight to have you on the show. So tell us one of your best stories. My best story would have to be the story of the coincidence that saved my life. Um, I'll start off by saying uh, I do believe there are a lot of different ways that we receive these messages that are coincidences. And this particular one was a, like a little voice inside my head. I went to Temple University. I lived in Northeast Philly. I had to take a, the, a bus, an L train, and then get off and wait for another bus to get to Temple. Every day, the same routine. So I got off the L, went down to wait for my bus. There were three little steps next to the bus, the pole for the bus stop that I waited, sat on the steps every day and waited for the bus because it was usually about 20 minutes. That particular day, I hear a voice inside my head go stand over near that pole, which was about 20, 30 feet away. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> that was, it was bizarre. Kept saying it, kept hearing it, kept hearing it. So, you know, after a couple of times, got up and walked over to the pole. I said, all right, I'm going to do this because why not? Uh, you know, why would I not if I'm being told to? Went over about three seconds later, a flatbed comes driving around the corner, make the left to go towards the street where I am with a car on the back of the flatbed. Just as it goes by the steps where I usually sit, the car flies off and crashes into the steps. And I'm standing there, <laughs> agape, agape. Amazing. The amazing. amazing. The amazing part of it, besides that you're not dead, uh, is which is <laughs> what we look, what we're looking for here, is that uh, is that uh, you you heard uh, uh, you heard a voice telling you um, to move. Yes. Um, Several times. I I've heard stories like that. Uh, the bullet comes flying, but feels the need to move. Uh, and something tells them to move. It's more, and this story is more physical than a voice, uh, but the same idea was move. Um, and, and there are probably many explanations, but how do you think about how that happened, Carolyn? I believe it must have been my guides and angels, God, you know, ultimately wanting to save my life. I guess I had some things to do in this lifetime. So it was, it was an intervention, a divine intervention of some kind. I, I do believe that, yes. And uh, I am a strong believer in faith. You know, I have a Jewish background, religion. I, I went to Hebrew school. I went to synagogue all the time. You know, at that time, I was still pretty religious. Now I'm more, less Jewish, but very spiritual still so one of your categories fits me as far as personality types 
You betcha. You fit. Yeah. Uh, there's a there's a um, a label in parapsychology called psi mediated psi like telepathy clairvoyance mediated uh, uh, instrumental meaning it, it works response. And so from uh, a PMIR or what I call a human GPS, um, uh, getting to where you need to be without knowing how you got there or, you know, being, you just went. Um, same idea that from this perspective, you uh, were able to predict that was going to happen, that your, your psi abilities, psychic abilities picked up that this was going to happen and got you to move. Uh, there's data to support that this is a reality besides my own stories, but I'm not going to try to convince you of that. Uh, I'm just giving you a more scientific-based uh, explanation, which I go for first when I can have one, because there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of these things, Carol, and you know it. You said what? <laughs> there's no way to like really explain it except mystery, and you know I try to be a little scientific sometimes, and that's what I talked about there. But let's go to what you prepared for today in this. So we're, we're gonna see the Carolyn real thing happening here today. What you came up with, again, shortly before our interview about what you wanted to talk about. It helped, you helped, it helped being on the show helped organize your thinking about how you think about meaningful coincidences. So let's let's go ahead with your your um, your seven uh, categories uh, that seem to increase conditions, situations, circumstances that seem to increase the likelihood of having a, at least you, but I think other people too, having a meaningful coincidence. So why don't you, why don't you tell us about that? Okay. Do you want me to um, give my list or do you want me to go one by one and give a little do the story? List, do the list first and then we'll start. Okay going to who knows if we'll get to the end of the list but okay. let, let's just start with read the list off and okay. uh, then uh start with number one all right so i i was telling you bernie um a little bit beforehand that all of my life i've had coincidences all my life and so every kind of piece of my life circumstance you know major circumstance of my life i have coincidence, connection stories, you know, a multitude of them within that kind of section of my life. But these seven circumstances are the way that I tend to receive the message. And then, you know, following then I get the coincidence, you know, as the second part. So the first one I, I said was the little voice on your shoulder, the comes in maybe in your head or you hear it around your, your head area, a little voice insistently telling you things. And I kind of think they, they're very life-changing. They've been very life-changing to me. Um, I have the second category as deja vu because the first instance that I remember connecting with coincidence was a deja vu story when I was six. So I put that in a, a question mark because that's, it's a little hard to, you know, that was the only time that that happens to me. So dreams, um, and those I have broken down into three kind of categories, uh, like hello from the departed, see a scene, and then you can verify that scene later on. Um, informative, uh, kind of something you're told something and then the coincidence happens after you can verify that information and precognition. You see something and then bam, it comes true. Uh, the fourth category would be weird coincidences. And that kind of falls. I also have a fifth category named fractals. I, I heard, um, one of your guests speaking about fractals recently. And this coincidence is very fractalized, um, but I would also probably put it under a weird coincidence 
story because I can't really think of any other fractal things like that that happened to me. And then I have six visions while doing postures with Kuyamangye Institute or meditating or just, you know, sitting there looking at the stars and <laughs> something happens. And then the seventh would be manifesting. So I'm thinking about something, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh, maybe I need to have this or somebody needs to have this. And then here it comes. I'm glad, I'm glad you correct my pronunciation, Kiyamunga. Kuyamunga. Carolyn yeah, Everett. that's year, years of um, practice on that one. Bernie. Kuyamunga, okay, thank no you. No worries. <laughs> um, the, the weird, um, the, the, the list you have uh, is, um, is pretty interesting and I think will resonate with some of uh, the people who are watching. Uh, I, I'm particularly interested uh, in the weird coincidences because that's what I have a weird coincidence scale, but we have different ideas about them. But uh, let's, let, let's skip over the deja vu one because it was a long time ago and it was uh, when you but were- But it also ties back to Cuyamangue recently. So it's very interesting. Oh, it does. Oh, we can, oh, okay. we can go back to that if you want. We can go back to that. Okay, well, I mean, it, it, it's up to you. <laughs> we can well, do the we talk I, about the weird and then um, you know. I, I want to do I want to do the fractal ones because, as you mentioned, yeah. it was recently that I talked to somebody with fractals and yes. then then maybe get into the weird coincidences. So I mean, it's a little bit yeah. of backward, but I, uh, let's let, let's tell us this fractal one and yeah. we can look at other well, ones. We'll definitely do that. Okay. So I, when I was young and lived in Philly, I lived in a row home. We had driveways behind us. If, ever, if anybody knows what that is, there's like a driveway for cars you park. And then there's another set of row houses behind that. So I babysat for a woman. You said children. Philadelphia, I'm pretty sure. Philadelphia. You said Philadelphia. Philly. I mean, uh, oh, there, are a few, there are a few people who probably don't know what Philly means, except it could be a female horse, but uh, I just, oh, this, Philadelphia, is Pennsylvania. this yes. is Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, with the row yeah. houses and the thing in behind between the two right. houses, okay, and right. there, there's a driveway, uh, road, yeah. a little road, and you can park back there, okay. Yeah, but kids play back there too, or did. So I babysat for a woman and her children, and here's my house on 8th Street. Hers was on 9th, so we're separated by the driveway by about four houses. So we're at an angle. I can look at her house at an angle through the, via the driveway. Um, I'm on the beach one day. I haven't seen Sandy in years and years. I moved away when I was 16 from that street. She moved to New Jersey. I haven't seen her for years. Number one coincidence, she's on my beach. I hear her voice. It's very distinctive in my memory. I go over to her, Sandy, oh my gosh. And you know, we're hugging and she said, oh, I finally got to buy a house down the shore. I said, where? Dorset Avenue, 508 or 513. I'm on, I'm on Dudley, 504. If you look at my back door to Dorset, I she is positioned this way now in her hips to my hips. So what? So, but when I heard the definition of the fractal, I can't remember who was talking about that. I have it all written down. I have all these notes. Uh, oh, I think it was Ray Grassy. Is that how you say his name? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think he was talking about fractals or maybe it was Dean Radden. I don't remember. I was watching both of them the other day. So when I heard him talking about fractal coincidences, that one came to mind. I mean, that, that, that was an amazing story to me. That's amazing. A, that's, that's, 
that's a nice one. I see what you mean. But what you're saying is the geometry of your relationship uh, when you were 16 and before to her house was repeated again on Dorset Avenue and with where she, with, where you were then living again. Yes. So, now. Yeah, yes. Now, now. I mean. Now. And now. And you had to go to the beach to meet her. Oh, you, oh, you live near the beach. You, you live. I live near the beach. I live seven, seven blocks from the beach. That's so and nice. And so you didn't know she was me. living this close to you until you were I on the beach. Living? No, at the shore so at the, all. It, there's a lot of people who like go to Kathmandu or something and run into people from their hometown or they have from the past. But this, the thing about this one is perhaps not so surprising because you both live in the same town, but you didn't know it because you were going to run into each other somehow. Uh, just because you were living in the same place and the beach is a big attractor. But the thing that really gets you, and I see what you mean, is the angle of, at, of your houses was the same. And that's 50 that, years apart, almost 50 years apart. 50 years. That's far oh, out my. groovy, you know, that's, that is, it is. that's a good one. I, 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 I'm glad you're glad you got to that one. That, that's a that's a good one. It's just amazing. I mean, it's I'm amazed every day about these coincidences. Seriously, um, I, they happen a lot to me, and and it's so amusing. And you know, it's just amazing to me. Amazing. But um, so I could I could tell you the deja vu. Now I could start off the whole train with Kuyamanga if you want. Kuyamanga, okay. Kuyamanga. Kuyamangue. Oh, okay. I've got that. Kuyamangue. Okay. Thank you. In case anybody's wondering, Carolyn mentioned postures and Kuyamangue Institute teaches people ancient postures, which get them into like altered state of consciousness. Just to be clear, Laura Lee from the Institute was on my show a while back uh, and it was mystical uh, postures. That was the title of that one. So tell us the, the deja vu and how you connected with the Kuyamonge Institute again. Okay. I will. So well, when I, I was six years old or yeah, I was six the summer that I was six years old, um, taking my smaller brother to the art camp at our elementary school. When I walked through the gates of the, the uh, you know, the playground there, the play lot there, into the school area, I had a de deja vu. Of course, I didn't know what it was at the time I was, and the whole camp. What's a deja vu? A, de a deja vu. Did you ever have a deja vu? What's a deja vu? Well, I don't even know what it is, but it feels like you've been there before. It feels like this has happened before for, you know, a couple seconds maybe. And you're, it's all wiggly like you, in your head kind of. I don't get them very often anymore. You know, I don't really get them very often at all in my life, I don't think. But this one, I remember, first of all, because it was the first one I was young and I, and I always have had an inquisitive mind and so I, I, the whole camp, I was thinking, what was that? That meant something. What, what was that? That had to mean something. And when I got home, my mother was laying on the porch swing, crying her heart out. My great-grandfather had died that morning. And I immediately connected that deja vu to that happening, which is, okay, it's all right. You know, that's, you can't prove that at all. You can't prove any of this really, but now come, you know, how many years later, 55 years later, or probably 50 years later, 50 years later, I go to Cuyamangue Institute in New Mexico and I fall in love with these post this posture work and uh, feel a connection to Felicitas Goodman, who is the founder of the Institute. And now it's, present time now, uh, you know, five, six years later, I'm listening to one of their Sunday um, talks. They have guests such as yourself come in on Sunday and talk about various metaphysical things. And this, the one uh, week 
um, a sound, a guy who's going for his doctorate in uh, sound, sound things. He, he did a lot of research to, into Felicitas in the Institute, I think, because he was trying to, you know, he was, he was doing a good job. He tells the story, Felicitas bought the, bought the land in 1962 or three, she looked for two, three years, she's looked, walk, it's, oh, it's 450 acres. She's walking all over the land. She's trying to find where she's gonna build this institute. June, the summer of 1965, when I had my deja vu, she found her place where she saw where she was going to build this institute, which is small. It's just a few buildings. It's not real large. Does it doesn't, I don't even know if it covers an acre, the institute itself. When he said that, when he told that story, uh, I got the chills so badly. And that came to me, my heart stopped. This never usually happens. And I thought, oh my God, I felt Felicitas see where she was gonna build this institute at the time when I had my deja vu. And I think, I really believe that, that that was tied in to my deja vu experience also, that coincidence, that same time. So Ray Grass, I did love that guy. He, he, was really, he was really personable. He said the other day, there was connecting and converging of vectors, the coinciding of events. And that's what I, when he said that, I thought that was definitely what happened there with that connection to me. Oh, thank you. That, that's, uh, that's two major events. One, currently your grandfather dying and the second, some way into the future, uh, happened at the same time you got a, a, a funny feeling that this has happened before. Uh, right. that's about your grandfather, but this is happening now is what, but it's happening at a distance. So it begins to raise the question about the relationship between time and distance, that they're really not that different in a lot of people's ways of thinking. And what you did was experiencing, experience both time and distance uh, at, at the same time. Uh, and that makes you think there's uh, something else going on here. And the, the thing that makes you think that is that they happened around the same time. And like correlation is not causation, as scientists like to say, but it certainly is a hint. And what happened to you is very, very interesting because it does time and space at the same time. Yes. And then subsequent to my becoming involved with Quimungay, I have a few felicitas coincidences that I feel like we are connected in some way. I, I sincerely feel that way because of these few other things that have happened since I've become involved with them. So we, can, we, we can leave that, that alone, but just leave it as, a, as another part of this, that this was maybe the first but not the only feeling you had with Felicitas uh, and that, that somehow you were connected. And that kind of connection we have with people uh, sometimes results in what I've called simulpathy, feeling the pain or distress of a loved one at a distance. So that it means that perhaps sometime you could feel stuff going on with her uh, and then later could confirm that what you felt was going on with her around the same time. Was, was there anything well, like actually, that? Well, only that one with the deja vu story. I've never met Felicitas in person. She passed away long before I visited the Institute. So she's on the other side now, but I am getting messages via coincidences from her. And uh, I have them listed as part of my under my categories, I have a couple of those stories under some of these categories. So tell, regarding us, tell us one of those. Okay, I'll tell you a weird, I'll go with the weird one first. I, I can't even, 
I can't even describe this as anything other than weird. Um, the director, Paul Robert, sends out a newsletter once a month, um, tells about what they've been doing at the Institute and what's coming up. And this one particular time at the very bottom, it was like a little addendum. He mentioned a book by Felicitas, a little tiny book. It just sounded so interesting to me. I was called to go right on the computer look for it in under Amazon. I look for used books. You know how you look, it's good, it's great, blah, blah, blah. The third one down looked good to me. So I picked it, ordered it, it came. Inside is a inscription from Felicitas herself. Weird. <laughs> Weird, I ask you. <laughs> I mean, so weird. It's just so fun. It's really fun. Another, another one I have is regarding dreams. A friend of mine from Quiamangay sent me, a, you know, we, we got taken with each other and he sent me a book. He had ordered some of these books and then they went out of print. So he gifted me the book. I put it away. By the way, I do have your book. Richard. I want to let you know. I do. <laughs> he gifted me the book and I and I just put it aside I didn't you know I was busy and didn't look at it a few nights later I go to bed I go you know I'm going to bed and just as I'm falling asleep a lion roars up in my face and then turns into an old older woman and I say felicitas and immediately the older woman gets into a posture, shows me a posture. I'm laying in bed, I'm half asleep. So I, I thought, oh, I'll, I'll do this in my, you know, as I'm laying down here, I'll check this out and see what happens. I'm, I'm, I don't even know if I was awake or asleep. You know, it's one of those liminal times. So I get into the posture, you know, I have my eyes closed and, oh, I start feeling all this energy moving, you know, just like as if in a posture, you get different things in each posture, but certain posture, the postures have certain characteristics. A lot of times, each one has the same characteristic, a lot of time experienced by a lot of people. So I experience this, I, and then I hear a number, 101. Next morning, I wake up, open page 101, there's the posture that I was shown. So I know it was Felicitas. There's the posture. I know it was Felicitas and the description of the posture of what people experience is exactly what I experienced. So I tell Paul and Laura and they, they use that posture for the next couple of times. They have free Zoom meetings. But amazing. It's just so amazing. Yeah, that's a good one. You, you can't even make this stuff up. I mean, it's it's just nuts. And then what else do I have for Felicitas? Oh, well, I, this wasn't a coincidence. But I get to, I got to sleep in her bunk uh, the first year that I attended there because I stayed later and I stayed a few days late longer. And I heard in the middle of the night, I do the work because I am the work. And that, you know, I said to Paul the next day, did you hear your Felicitas say this? And he said, I've never heard her say that, but it is something she would say. So, you know, I really just feel so connected to her because of these things that have come to me. It's, it's just amazing. Amazing. Well, I get it. I, I enjoy how you enjoy these things. Oh, uh, love it. Love I mean, it. That, that's... <laughs> It's one of my joys. It really is. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's they should be fun. I mean, that's and, and I mean, people get really serious about them and it's spiritual and interpersonal and do that. Okay, and that's there. Uh, but the fun that you have uh, is wonderful for people to see because uh, that's also a part of it. I call it the learning entertainment interface. <laughs> so, yeah, tell, so, so tell us, so tell us some more stories. Okay. Um, let's see, what haven't I covered? Mm. Oh, oh, okay. So another dream, another dream 
category, I would say, would be uh, precognitive. Um, and this, I'm, I'm going to use a lot of Cuyamangue because I, I do want to advertise for them. It's, it's a wonderful institute and with so many things, um, so many benefits to checking them out. But I had, like I said, all my life I've had these various things, like Cuyamangue is a big thing for me. I have all these coincidences around me, it, you know, becoming a, working for the government is another whole thing that I have so many things or coincidence stories around. So I'll, I'll go with the theme. Precognition, I have a, before it's kind of, this one's kind of almost like a manifesting precognition thing because before I was going the first year, I, I had the intention, I wanted to find a drum for myself when I was there that I could bring home and use. I don't have, didn't have any drums at the time. And a friend of mine told me about the Taos Drum Store, which is so great. It's gigantic. They have so many, it's all local artists, local people come in and do their, make their drums and they sell all kinds of stuff there. It's, it's a great store. So I had the intention to go there, but one night before I went to Cuyamangue on my trip, um, I dreamed a drum appeared and it had the spiral. I'm big with the spirals all my life, the spiral, um, an eagle, and then some other thing down here that I couldn't recognize what it I could, it was two things and I couldn't tell what it was. Okay, so I, this is, I write, I write all my dreams, I write them down. I was writing them down at the time. So um, we go to the drum store and I'm searching. There's all, you know, the drum that I saw, you know, I could tell it was this size. And so rows and rows and rows of these size drums, none of them looking anything like mine what I dreamed. So I was a little disappointed, walked around and I had, a, we had, a, we went with a few friends and there was one woman that was taking care of the store that she said she was there for 20 years. She knew the store intimately. Anyway, I'm shopping around for other things. I go back, I said to myself, I got to go back there and look at this. This drum has to be there. Go back to the same, <laughs> the drum's there, the drum is there. The drum was there hmm. uh, and I couldn't believe my eyes. I went over to the woman I said, um, so this is a blah, blah size. Is it da, 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 you know, that how much this is. And she looks at it and she says, where did you get that drum? And I said, over there on the shelf with the other drums. She said, I never saw that drum before. It's not even, it's not even signed by the artist. I said, I, I said, I dreamed this drum. She said, oh, are you Native American? And I said, no, I'm not. But <laughs> I've been hanging out with a lot of Native Americans at that time I had been. She said, I never saw that drum before. I don't even know where it came from. True story, true story. So the drum shows up the second time you, you take a tour of the, of the store uh, yeah. and she'd never seen it before. Never. So uh, now, now I'm pretty good at not seeing stuff that I'm looking for that's right in front of me. I'm really good at not seeing what I'm looking for if it's right in front of me. I'm, I can do it with the stuff that's around me, but uh, uh -huh. that, that's uh, one of my talents, which I'm not proud of, but take, spent a lot of time looking for something that's right in front of me. But this one, uh, you don't know for sure the drum wasn't there until the person who owns the store said, I've never seen it before. Uh, so <laughs> there's, a, there's a little book from England, the Psych Psychic Society uh, of, of England. Um, was uh, It's like <laughs> stuff that just happens. Uh, stuff happens <laughs> like that. And just just one of those things is with the name of the book. Um, and it's like, what? Um, and you have to think that maybe there's somebody playing around with you. That's what you end up thinking about. But uh, 
it depends on your orientation toward the world. And what do you think happened there? Well, are you referring to me not seeing it at first or it being there? I don't, I don't care. I want to hear how you think about this whole thing. Maybe you didn't see it the first time. Maybe it I got did put... not see it the first time. And I really was looking and I was, yeah, you, you, you know, looked pretty thoroughly. That's what I'm trying I to really say. I really did. I so, really did. So it would appear <laughs> that somebody put it there between the first and second looks. That's what it looks like from your description. Well, yeah, but although I never really thought of it that way. But it does. It does. Now that you're saying it, it does kind of look like that. Because where did it come from? I, I, I know. So it's one of those manifest slash dream kind of circumstances that came in, into fruition. Oh, that's what you mean by manifest. Uh, yeah, that well, is that, that, is, that isn't my manifest story, but that definitely, like, I manifested that because I did have the intention to purchase the drum before I went. Then I dreamed this drum and then it appeared. You did have the intention of buying the drum or didn't? I had an intention of buying a drum. A drum. And then you a saw drum. the specific drum. In my and, dream. And then you saw it the second time through the store. But the, the, to me, the weird part of it is that the person who owns the store never saw it before. That, that's a confirmation of something well, you say manifest and you don't explain it. And man, what I'm saying is don't, what I'm saying doesn't really explain it either, but I'm just saying that somehow it got there and it's like somehow it would have to be transported from where it was to where it became. Um, and the transportation could be through space, could be through time. Again, as we were talking about it, just, it's, it's just someplace else now and it just showed up here. Uh, and that's what you, and that's yeah. what you saw, and that yeah. somehow you, your dream was precognitive or kind of, kind of fulfilled uh, what you were looking for. So, and that, and so that's what you mean by manifestation. We don't know how this stuff works. The, import, the important thing is that we observe that it happens, and the data you've given us is the store owner didn't know it was there, and you didn't see it. And what does it mean that it wasn't signed? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, so the artist, I must admit, every drum in that store is signed by the artist who created the drum. This, this drum does not have a signature anywhere. Oh, going the wrong way. Anywhere. I, yet, I understand that, but what does it mean yeah. that this that uh, doesn't have a signature? Oh, I think it was, I mean, it was spirit given. It was spirit given. Ah, so the, there's an invisible hand there uh, yes. that signed it somehow. Okay, it made it. And I'll tell you, I'll show you one other really weird thing. A lot of people might not see it in the, oh, I don't know if you can see it. It looks like a record. It's a sun. It is a sun with the spiral. And then after I got it home, it created its own shadow. I swear, you can't see it in this light. I don't think. Let me I see can see I... the shadow. I can see a shadow. To me, the shadow looks like it's a man pushing the spiral towards the. These are the two. This is the, you know, kind of the ethereal horse, and this is the horse that lives in this world. This is what this drum means to me. You know, it's your two, the two sides of the, the coin there. Of, of ethereal spiritual and uh, materialistic you yeah. yes but you can't really see the person push it unfortunately i don't no, think yeah. you can see the shadow but after i got it home it, it really looks like a man pushing the spiral along like this it, it's pretty pretty bizarre i have a, i have another good manifesting story you want to hear it uh, <laughs> Uh, no, you don't want to hear it, Bernie. <laughs> uh, my son, my youngest son, sometimes he's a little, he doesn't like to spend his money very readily, but he really wanted a bike. He's, he's 27 now. He really wanted a bike. And this is recent. This is last, last New Year's Day, not this past, but the year before. Talking about getting a bike, he wants a bike. He's, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just buy the bike. He's working, get the bike. No, 
doesn't give the light. So we have a little, we have a little party, just family on New Year's Eve. My granddaughter sleeps over, she always sleeps in my bed. Early in the morning, it's still dark. We hear, oh, we both opened our eyes and looked at each other. It sounded like a storm outside the window. It sounded like um, the Wizard of Oz when they were having the tornado. Like what was going on? Except I have a giant bell out there. Gong thing was not ringing. It did not sound. And then I heard like a tap, tap, tap on the window and it was over. Later that day, I go outside. There's a bike, a men's bike sitting under my window in the grass, you know, under the bedroom window. Don't know, don't know. Oh, you're speechless, Bernie, I love it. <laughs> That's a good one, right? That's a <laughs> I looked at that bike and I'm like, what? Like it definitely was, you know, it was crazy. When I saw that bike, I mean, that was like, whoa. That's a good manifestation. I, I know how you feel. That's part of the reason I was speechless <laughs> because I got up from my birthday when I was like, I don't know, six. And I go out and there's a, a bike. And it, it was the same kind of feeling. I think it just manifested, you know, to me, I didn't, I, it was there and that I really <laughs> wanted a bike. So I have a, I have a feeling, I mean, I know how it happened, but this one, we don't know how it happened, but the feeling is still, wow. Yeah, I mean, when I saw that bike out there, I really couldn't believe my eyes. I really couldn't believe my eyes. It was almost like that car that almost hit me. When, if I was sitting on the steps, I was like, what? That's, a, that's one to get knocked over by. That is definitely one to get knocked over by. Yeah, okay, we have, we have about uh, five or 10 minutes left, Carolyn. So let's- Oh uh, my goodness. Let's, let's, <laughs> hey, we just having fun telling all these stories. So yeah. uh, you're illustrating. So, you more, <laughs> so yeah, so pick a couple other ones and then we'll have to stop. Okay. All right. Let's see. Um, I will do, I'll do one that has, it's like a three part story and then we can stop. So that this falls under the categories of visions while doing postures or, you know, meditation. If you're not into postures, I'm sure a lot of people have visions when they're meditating and then have a coincidence after. Um, so back in the day, before I even got to Queen Mungay, a friend of mine, a psychic friend of mine, started being interested in postures. So she introduced them to our, our, our med meditation group. Ugh, can't talk. Um, one in particular, the long man, I think it's the long man of England is the, the name. It's a giant man. He's holding a, a staff. And this is a real thing in England. It's a smashed onto the side of a giant mountain is this giant man holding this staff. And that's where this artifact came from for this posture. It's, you know, indented into the ground. Okay, so we do the we do the posture at my friend's house. And I get, um, I get a whole vision of um, how our souls come together to form our, the egg. I saw the whole thing. It was like rain coming down. Or no, it was coming from the ups, up, like energy light rain kind of thing, forming a person. And then it formed into an egg, then it went shot down a tube. That was my vision of that. Bizarre kind of for the long man, but that's okay. So then another time we did the same one, and I get a vision of how this thing was made. It was a giant, fell from the heavens fell into this mountain side, got up and walked away. 
And I saw where it walked away, the whole landscape. Describe the landscape. This friend of mine, she's kind of like me with the, she wants to know everything, you know, how things are put together. She contacts somebody in England about this Longman mountain and asks about the landscape around it. And it's exactly how I describe it. So to me, that's verification that and validation. Okay, fast forward a few years on the Kuyamangay. Uh, it's our last day maybe. And we, we have a guest coming who's um, a scientist and a geologist, geographer, uh, anthropologist, He's been working with the Tewa and Kuyamange um, tribes in the area. They've gotten permission from Paul and Laura and the board on the land of Kuyamange. They have like 500 acres to walk around and see what they can see. So that was the first time in all this time that Felicitas had had the land. She had, was already passed. They gave permission for it to be surveyed a little bit. So we have the anthropologist coming at lunch to talk to us about the land a little bit, right after the posture. We do the long man in the Kiva, or I think we did it in the Thunderbird. There's two main buildings where you do postures at Kuyamangay. It's a wonderful, wonderful institute. Uh, I can't say enough about it. Anyway, so we do the long man and I get reminded of the first time I had the vision about, about the forming of the person and the egg. And, and then I hear, well, this, this, this energy liquidy stuff comes from the soup of souls. And that was pretty much the, the addition to that experience that I had with this posture. So we go, the guy, five minutes later, we go to lunch. The guy's there, he's talking, and he's talking about the Tewa people, and he tells about the lake down the road. The Tewa people call it the soup of souls because that's where the souls go to rest, and then they come, when they come back, and they're ready to be reborn. And I'm like, what did you just say? <laughs> but, I mean, the only thing that I heard at, in addition to the first was the soup of souls thing. You know, while I was at Kuyamangia, that's what I heard about this posture. So that was pretty interesting. That was pretty big coincidence. And you could say, you know, one could argue, oh, did you psychically maybe know he was going to talk about that? And, you know, that kind of thing. It's all a mystery anyway. You know, Bernie, it's all a mystery. Well, it's a mystery that uh, I'm trying to solve sometimes. And uh, there was a statistician in Cambridge University who said to me, when I interviewed him, he says, trying to explain these things is bad for your mental health. He was telling me that. And there's some truth to that. There's a place to, yeah, I got to stop trying to figure some of this out. I've got my basic ideas, but the, that, that's my basic ideas that I can apply now. Uh, enough already. I've got a bunch of categories. They're not bad. And there's still going to be mystery hanging around. We're not going to understand. So I have a couple of questions before we end. Uh, have you... Um, uh, gotten into any Kabbalistic thinking since uh, there's some relationship between the kind of uh, experiences you have and Kabbalistic thinking? Well, my son is a religion, uh, religion major. Um, in the Jewish religion, mainly, he's studied so many things. And he says that we really should not be messing around with the, the Kabbalah, you know, it's reserved for people that have studied the Talmud for a really long time. And then they get to a point where they're ready to study the Kabbalah. So, you know, I'm okay with that. I don't, I don't need to study the Kabbalah. I'm happy with the messages that I get and the validation that I get that I really am connected to the everyone and, you know, it, it, that's what does it to me. I really don't have to explain these things. I'm happy that they keep happening and they make me happy and amazed, amazed, amazed. That's good. That's good. I don't have to explain how they happen. They just make me happy, 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 happy. happy. 
Exactly. That's, uh, <laughs> that's what we got with you. So, and that leads us into like, um, uh, would you tell us something uh, more personal about yourself? I mean, you've told us about some of your experiences, but just about Carolyn. Uh, how do you say your last name, for example? Pachris. Pachris. Carolyn Pachris. Tell us a Pachris. little bit about your personal life as we end. Oh, geez. Uh, like my current personal life? <laughs> yeah, your current personal life is good enough, but uh, whatever, I, that's a general category. What do you, what would you like people to know about you personally? Um, I, I, well, I just think that I was probably born to, to be a helper, to help people. I was a medical assistant forever until, you, you know, my kids were born and then I stayed home with them for a little while. Then when I was getting ready to go back to work, when they were a little older, they were still paying the same thing as they were when I left. So I didn't, I was, didn't know what to do. One day, a little voice inside my head said, go back to school for computers because that's the wave of the future. So that's what I did. I ended up getting my job as an internship from a professor at my school that liked my work ethic. He set me up with a, with a um, work study program. The manager picked me up and here I am 22 years later at the FAA with a career that is actually helping people still at the FAA. I help people, you know, like 12, nine or 12,000 people with their IT needs. I'm a liaison to IT for them. So and I have uh, three kids, four grandchildren. Oh, and the whole the whole community food garden started during when COVID started. I sat on my back porch and I'm thinking, oh, I've, there's a plot of land like I live in a complex. And I thought, thought to myself, well, if I could just make that into a food garden, that would be so nice. People walking by, and then and then the George Floyd thing happened, and it was so so upset about to think that this is still happening you know 50 years later when I was young 50 it's been going on for longer than that but you kind of get complacent and, and think things have changed but I realized they hadn't yeah. and then my um I was going to uh taking like shamanic classes in a yurt nearby and if you see the elephant um, the teacher I had there is also an artist and this is a shamanic painting she was doing it she was doing a whole show and we did go during COVID they were taking like six people at a time to see the show and when I walked in and saw this I was I don't know I was like struck but it was so much money I would have never bought it for myself ever so I she had made a little video, it was on YouTube. I went right home and looked at the video and at the very end, she's talking about, in the video, she's talking about George Floyd, everything that I had been thinking about during COVID, she put into this painting, there's layers and layers and layers in this painting. And at the end, she says, this is my, this is my um, reparation painting. All the proceeds are going to crops. It's a women's run food community garden in Atlantic City, started by this woman. Now they have three and they're hooked in with the college here and they're feeding a lot of people. All the proceeds, I'm like, called her up. I said, I'm buying this. I'm, done. I'm buying the matriarch is her name. And so that's another coincidence kind of thing. But so, you know, and then I'm sitting there. I want to start a community garden in Batner. We, you know, Ventnor, if we're a little short town, we don't have very much open space. So I figured one day I said, I'm going to call City Hall, just see if we could do this, you know. And they hooked me up to a woman who is so into the idea, but doesn't want to really do a, a lot of the legwork and a lot of the calling people to come volunteer, yada, yada, yada. You know, where are we going to do this? All this but she hooked me. She is instrumental in Ventnor. And she called. They just ran water at the one giant open 
green space we have in Ventnor. They just ran water to it. And the green team is involved now and we're gonna start a community garden. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. So well, that's my you. life. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Carolyn Pokris. Thank you very much for uh, showing us uh, inside of a high frequency coincider, which you are definitely in. Uh, it's been a delight having you, having you with us. Thank you, Bernie. It's been a delight being here. This psychosphere is our mental atmosphere, like a hologram of cosmic consciousness.